To the liberal cube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the lackadaisical liberal cubicleist. Yes, indeed. Uh, going to try to do a short episode. Will it be possible? It's something I've said many times in the past, and have quite often been unable to do. However, looking at my quote unquote uh, podcast notes email, there's not much here. So maybe I can do it. Maybe I can do it. Uh, or as I should say, quote, maybe I can do it. Maybe I can do it. Unquote. No, wait, is that right? Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. So let's look at item the first. Oh no, we can't do that. It's not over yet. It's going to talk Star Trek Picard. Okay. Well, we'll talk a little bit. Uh, I'm up to season five of how many is it going to be 10 so i'm half done okay well that makes a sort of sense so we talk about it up to the halfway part a lot of very cool stuff uh that i have enjoyed the idea of you know uh, traveling back to the year 2024 you know uh, uh, i should perhaps say although that's not exactly a spoiler because it's hinted at in trailers and uh, just said outright all over the place ditto with Q being a a component of this season. He's, you know, when he's on posters and in trailers, it's not really a spoiler, uh, unless somehow, some way you avoid all media, which, you know, I suppose is possible, but then you're probably not listening to this. Are you? Maybe you are. I don't know. Folks, I might spoil things. That's what I'm trying to say in my long winded manner. Uh, yeah. So, uh, that idea of traveling back, I love Q involved awesome yeah some of my favorite episodes are q episodes my uh D homebrew world slash universe slash plane whatever you want to call it uh, uh the sort of creation myth i have involves q from star trek uh, so the, uh allowing me to sort of uh, dabble in here and there into my fantasy realm uh, the fact that say, uh, uh, dwarves have some decidedly Klingon like, uh, 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 you know, sort of things, uh, accoutrement, for example, uh, you know, stuff like that. So needless to say, I was happy to see that, um, uh, alternate reality stuff is fun. I enjoy, I guess it's alternate, not reality, alternate timeline which is, uh, uh, I like having to go back and, you know, make things right. Uh, the fact that they got the same actor from Star Trek for the voyage home, uh, who was playing loud music on the bus that Spock had to use the Vulcan neck punch on, uh, and then turn off his radio. They got the same goddamn actor to do the same thing on a bus. Uh, and seven of nine, uh, I like told him to shut up basically. And, uh, rather than say like, fuck off, like he did on the first, he was like very apologetic and like immediately turned it off. Uh, and the same actor did I mention? Awesome. Now, uh, one great, oh, we got the Borg queen. Yeah. The Borg queen is a character on their team to save time. What? That's some, uh, you know, you got to jump through a few hoops. I feel like in order to make the Borg queen on your side, uh, writing wise. And, uh, you know, uh, they managed to do it. Okay. Uh, it, it's obviously a untrustworthy. We're only working together because we have to type ally. Um, 
but still yeah but still uh all the characters from the first uh for the most part are there and uh i am digging it uh oh yeah i was gonna throw my one gripe when you do 10 episodes about one issue there's going to be times where it feels you could feel it dragging out a little bit and it is a feeling i've had a couple of times over these episodes it's not a persistent feeling it's just here and there it's like okay you could make this in say an episode of the next generation take this storyline and do a two-parter with (laughs) it almost feels like sometimes uh and yet it's 10 episodes so you know there's some fluffing uh, sometimes it feels like and and that would be one knock against it uh maybe things will pick up in the latter half i hope it would be nice uh but overall yeah uh, you definitely very much enjoying so you know i mentioned it here moving on to from 2020 a movie called the comeback trail hmm flew under my radar somehow it's like something was going on in 2020 that made Paying attention to new movies, less uh, of a thing, I suppose. Two movie producers who owe money to the mob set up their aging movie star for an insurance scam to try to save themselves, but they wind up getting more than they ever imagined. Starring Robert De Niro, or Bobby, as I like to call him, Bobby De Niro. We've got Morgan Freeman. We've got Zach Braff. Uh, others up to and including goddamn Tommy Lee Jones, who was, I feel like stole the show. Uh, I hadn't seen him in a while. I feel like he, <laughs> when he first appeared, uh, appeared on screen, having not seen him in a while, uh, <laughs> I turned to those and said, man, he's like one big wrinkle, <laughs> which is, you know, that's not a nice thing to say, but when you're in the privacy of your own home, watching a movie with your lovely wife and you see uh, something that you can make a joke about, even if it's at someone else's expense, knowing that they'll never hear it. You can do that a little bit. You can do it. Even if it's a little mean like that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Let me just get rating wise out of the way. I enjoyed it. I think I'd go like a three and change, which three is enjoyed while watching, but probably wouldn't watch again. Uh, and I don't know if necessarily I would want to watch this again, but, uh, it was good. It was funny. Uh, it was uh, things happening in a movie that, uh, haven't seen a lot of, which, uh, I, I give points for that. It's sort of a behind the scenes of seventies, uh, movie making B movie making kind of, kind of deal, which, you know, uh, it's a thing I am interested in. You know what it made me do? Um, and I think maybe it came up a little bit in the movie just because of the time, uh, they mentioned black exploitation movies. I think they did anyways. Uh, regardless, uh, somehow, some way the watching of this movie wanted me to explore those. So, uh, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, so you might start seeing some of those, uh, in here. I've already uh, got, uh, Blackenstein. I got to get black, obviously. Uh, but you know what? Uh, I'll, I'll try it. Although I don't know why, but why not? Uh, get a little audience participation as I try and fail to do repeatedly. Uh, if you somehow, some way listening to this are like a, a black exploitation, uh, movie expert and have strong opinions on what is good and what is not good of the genre, 
uh, and want to let me know what I should uh, sort of seek out and watch, uh, do so. Why not? Uh, you can uh, tweet at me, Jordan underscore Maywood. That's probably the best uh, best bet. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on to from twenty twenty two, a television program, uh, six episodes. So it's sort of a, a little mini series thing. Uh, it is called Murderville. Ooh. Eccentric detective Terry Seattle great handle teams up with clueless celebrity guests to investigate a series of murders in this improvisational crime comedy you know what they could have just put the words improvisational crime comedy and that would have been a sufficient description to be honest uh the uh, <laughs> terry seattle played by none other than will arnett yes so so very good celebrities include Eddie Murphy, Sharon Stone, Camille Nanjiani, Ken Jeong, Marshall Lynch, Conan O'Brien. Uh, I think that's all of them. Then you have, you know, the other uh, actor you'll recognize in, you know, roles. Uh, but the celebrities that I just read the list of uh, don't have a script. They're just showing up and being thrust into this scenario of uh, we're improvising <laughs> I, I, I mean, Will Arnett and the, the, the cast and the, there is writers, uh, uh they have a storyline, they have beats they have to hit in order for clues to be revealed. Um, so it's interesting that you have two almost totally different experiences happening simultaneously on screen. Uh, one of people just sort of acting normal. Uh, I, I don't mean acting normal. I mean, doing the craft of acting normally. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, and then this one other person who has no idea what's going on and it just sort of going with the flow. Uh, so these, these, these normal actors, we're going to just categorize them have to, you know, pick up the beats from, uh, uh, the person who doesn't know what's going on and sort of roll the punches. And, uh, a lot of who was, <laughs> so a lot of them, I think all of them at some point, like, broke like uh started laughing uh ken jong definitely the most he was basically just laughing throughout uh uh conan o'brien i think probably was the best at not laughing but even he uh broke i think maybe once or twice uh and, and i think either him who was the most maybe him maybe kumail or ken uh, I was trying to think who made Will break the most because he did a little bit a few times, which, you know what, I, I don't mind necessarily. Uh, like when it happens, I laugh. So why would I be, you know, upset about it? Uh, again, it's just those six episodes with the six celebrities. I hope they make more. It was definitely something I would uh, check out again. Watch it with the missus as well. And uh, I laughed a lot. Easy easy five out of five yeah yeah no questions uh asked about that so don't ask any of them please moving back to the movie space from 2009 drag me to hell oh. a lone officer who evicts an old woman from her home finds herself a recipient of a supernatural curse Desperate, she turns to a seer to try to save her soul, while evil forces work to push her to a breaking point. Thin there. Yeah, a little bit like the movie Thinner, uh, which, geez, what's 
better, this or the movie Thinner? Hmm, that is a... Oh, Sam Raimi. Okay, okay, that explains a little bit. Uh, I was going to say this movie sort of... It gets a little cartoony, and it also gets a lot cartoony. <laughs> so it gets a little cartoony at points, and then it also gets a lot cartoony at points. Specifically, what I'm thinking of is when a anvil... A literal anvil falls on a witch's head, let's just say. An anvil falls on a witch's head. Now, why are you stringing up into the rafters of your shed, uh, garage, whatever, an anvil so that it could fall on someone in the first place? Why? With ropes? You're going to use ropes? Ugh. Idiots. Anyways, an anvil fell on someone's head. The end. Really? Do I need to say more? Uh, you know, it's, it's pretty okay. <laughs> the uh, Rating-wise, yeah, you know what? I go three and change. I, I, I enjoyed it. It is what it is. And I do like some of the uh, strange, again, cartoony choices that they make. It, it, it turned what would be just sort of a blah, boring, everyday, uh, supernatural, demon-y, uh, uh, horror quote unquote <laughs> movie and uh, added the, uh, the these little little tidbits these little moments of what the fuck is going on in this thing which I appreciate so you know it's if anything those moments added to it uh, we've got Justin Long the uh, uh, the person who is being dragged to hell the titular draggy played by Allison Lohman have I ever seen her before she looked familiar. Oh, you know what I should mention on that? So she's in Drag Me to Hell, Big Fish. Okay, yeah. Matchstick Men, White Oleander. I'm not sure if I ever saw that one. <coughs> hmm. Born in 1979. Uh, yeah, what I was going to say about this, and this is kind of probably not a good sign for the movie, is I think I may have seen it before. So when did it come out? 2009? Hmm. Did I check my emails? Uh, okay. So let's see. Drag me to hell. And I'm going to put it in quotes. Uh, no. Okay. According to this. No. Yeah. Uh, that's the, well, when did I start the podcast? So I could have watched it in 2009. When did I start this podcast? 2012 okay so yeah i guess it's possible i watched it pre-podcast but anything after 2012 this is one of the great things of having a podcast where you talk about all the tv and movies that you watched in video games and internet uh is that uh you could just check your emails and uh for the name of the movie and if it pops up you'll know if you've seen it or not hmm. you could even although i haven't uh go back and uh look at uh, listen to the podcast in which you talk about it and see if your opinion changed. That's the thing you could do, you know, if you wanted to, uh, all right, what else do we got? <laughs> Excuse me. All right. That's basically it. Other than, excuse me again, maybe scope out YouTube playlists. If you want to add some stuff, <laughs> this is my note. Okay. Okay. You got me. Uh, this is a note I remember I had last episode, but it was like a jam packed one. So I thought, ah, I'll just move it to the next episode. Cause it's not really time dependent, which is another interesting thing. I'm recording this again, 
like days before it will drop, which I'm not used to. Uh, and this also leads me to believe that I'll probably miss a week and that's fine. That's fine. I guess we could talk about, I'm seeing a lot of, uh, things in my little playlist mentioning, of course, from my perspective, the Will Smith slap. Uh, yeah, he's in the wrong. <laughs> there you go. The end. Don't, don't hit people. Uh, all right. Moving on. Uh, the, uh, things you still didn't know, about Zelda breath of the wild from GameSpot. The guy who does that is still chugging along somehow, some way, which is very impressive, both impressive for him and, uh, whoever's producing writing, uh, that series also impressive for the, just the game <laughs> somehow, some way this guy, like every week or two is coming up with a list of, you know, 18 in this case, things that you don't know, quote unquote, about, I'm saying quote unquote a lot in this episode, uh, about Zelda breath of the wild. Now people who really, really know the game and like do speed runs and stuff, they'll probably watch these videos and be like, yeah, I know that. I know that. I know that. And there's even a few things that I, uh, you know, uh, have recognized as things. However, uh, for the most part, he does an amazing job, at least from my perspective of showing things I had no idea about. So congrats on you. Oh, hanging with Dr. Z is back. Yes. Uh, uh, he's doing also a short series of videos, I guess. Uh, it's called road to coffee. I guess it's kind of sort of, kind of sort of a little comedians in cars getting coffee. Dr. Z is of course, Dr. Zayas, who is the, uh, uh Simeon, uh, orangutangi f uh, host. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> If you don't know what hanging doctor with Dr. Z is, I'm not going to explain it too much. A, because it's difficult and B, because I want you to go check it out yourself and just watch an episode or two, pick one with a guest that you like, watch it. And if you like that, watch others. That's how I, I feel that's why podcasts have gotten more and more popular is you come for a guest <laughs> uh, uh, that you enjoy and then you realize, oh, you know what, this is pretty good. And then you listen to some more episodes and then maybe, uh, you listen to one with a guest that you didn't really know much about, uh, who also has a podcast. Then you go over to the, your, to their podcasts and it spreads like a goddamn fungal virus. Yes. Uh, Diablo four. Yeah. It's just a video. Apparently that's in the works coming out. Pretty good. Uh, uh, problem with John Stewart. I'm enjoying the clips on YouTube. They have a YouTube channel. Those are good. Again, I'm just sort of zooming through my, my weekly playlist. Uh, positive. I've mentioned this over the years, but I'll just tell you every week I have a, uh, a playlist uh, dated by the Saturday of that week. And then over the course of that week, when I'm going through my subscriptions or just sort of tooling around YouTube, I will add videos to it, uh, and then watch them over the course of the week. And that is primarily, uh, really what I watch for the most part. Like I watch a little Netflix, a little other, you know, Amazon, mostly other stuff I watch is with the missus. Uh, but then the YouTube list is kind of just for myself and it's, uh, it's something I would recommend doing. Definitely. You get a very personalized YouTube experience. Now, one thing you don't want to do, which, uh, I try not to do anyways, is just 
watch your subscriptions. You got to go into the home button. You got to uh, go to the explore button, search for other things that you might like, or else you'll get stagnant after a while. And you don't want to get stagnant after a while. Uh, Matt Coville, uh, put a, his, has said a few videos lately. Uh, the most recent one, uh, the problem with talking about D and D. Yeah. That one I very much enjoyed. He had some very salient points there. Um, one thing he pointed out, which when you think about it is obvious, but I haven't, don't know if I've ever really heard anyone talk about it. And that is the fact that every D and D table is different. Therefore the game that has a set of rules, uh, despite having this set of rules written down is going to be played different at every single table somehow, some way. Now you could, you know, sort of look at that as a negative. I, however, and I think from the sounds of it, uh, Matt as well, I uh, see it as a positive somehow, some way you have this game that can be played not only, uh, innumerable ways. And it's not only a game where anything can happen in it. Uh, it's the makeup of the table and who's, playing it can have vastly different experiences, even if it's the same story, which, uh, just, uh, by, by tweaks of the rules from the DM, by, uh, interpretations of the rules, by the way in which people like to play, be it, you know, tactically or more role play. -y -y -y. It's just a, just an incredible thing. The, the, the permutations of this are just staggering. So, uh, uh, yeah, the, my love of it explained there uh splatterface from krug smash the finale that was interesting <laughs> uh it, it was good uh, i enjoyed it i was uh, uh, it was it was a little long it was 42 minutes jesus christ uh but the interesting thing there was that uh, krug smash <laughs> i guess he probably has a, a a real name uh he hinted at and outright said apparently that the fans of the series apparently were really not happy with some of the decisions of this particular, uh, uh series, which, uh, he, f he felt like he was a little salty about it, which I think is, you know, per perfectly well within his rights there. When you put something out on the internet and you have fans who normally like your stuff saying they don't like a particular thing, even though you're sort of trying something new, that's going to feel a little, possibly a little demoralizing that you're branching out artistically is sort of like, no, do how you always do this. Uh, yeah. Hey, you know what? I just found the silver lining of having a uh, podcast and a, a, a series of YouTube videos and such that nobody, uh, uh, you know, listens to. I just do whatever the hell I want. And it was interesting. I was actually thinking of this yesterday for some reason that's, uh, while I don't have a lot of, you know, viewers or listeners, I also don't have, like, I've almost never or have never really gotten negative comments on the podcast. I have like one or two positive ones. Um, uh, YouTube, same, same thing. Like, uh, when I was doing the alphabetical DM, which, you know, you could still go on YouTube. Actually, that's where I'm putting all my long plays is on my alphabetical DM channel. Um, I never had any negative comments. Uh, I had a, a, a few, like one or two positive ones. The, my favorite being, uh, it was something along the line of 
these are great. Uh, uh, more people need to watch these. Something to that effect. Something like, uh, it's a shame that you have no viewers. <laughs> it's said much more nicely than that. Uh, but I, I very much appreciated the sentiment because I, I, like some of the things uh, I think are pretty good. <laughs> But, uh, you know, I'm not getting negative comments. It's just, I don't get people, you know, uh, uh, watching or listening. Eh. Eh. Uh, on the note of that, uh, the podcast, you know, I've gotten to the point where I do it cause I like doing it. Um, and I wouldn't do it if I did. But when it comes to long plays, they are, uh, I, I'm having so much fun. Like it, it's, it's as if playing these games. So, uh, Skyrim was the first, uh, then I did Minecraft, um, just, a, a like I built a home library for the librarian. Uh, then I did, I, I, I did unpacking, but, uh, that's going to be after I finished uh, cataclysm, dark days ahead, cataclysm, dark days ahead spoken of, uh, within the last couple episodes of this one, uh, really, really like, but then I started, uh, uh playing it and recording these long plays and, uh, sort of role playing my way through it. And it, it has made a game that I really, really liked into one that I have just loved. And I've loved the experience of recording them and potentially that will come across, you know, we will see, uh, you know, I had to sort of hold back today from recording one. Like I'm like, I recorded, uh, I think of four episodes or three episodes in. Well, that was one shitty thing is I recorded one episode. The first one, episode one, it was six hours long, <laughs> uh, went basically nonstop and, uh, the audio was pretty shitty. I, I am not an audio snob by any means, uh, but it was to do the degree where it was basically hard to hear me talk over the sound of the game. Um, I think it had something to do with like all the other games I've ever recorded or streamed or whatever have been steam games. Um, and you know, fairly consistent. Like I've never had an audio issue where, uh, haven't touched anything and yet the audio of the game would be super, super loud. I think the fact that cataclysm is just a, a very different experience in terms of a, a, a video game, one that you have to work at in order to play, uh, something to do with that. And it's, the other shitty thing was like, I did a test. I, I always do a test, you know, just, uh, hit the record button, go through all the scenes, record like a little not even two minutes, uh, thing, uh, and, and just listen to the audio and see if it sounds good. And I did that and it was fine, but somehow, some way, uh, it, it just got worse and worse where it was like, my voice was too quiet or the game was, uh, too loud or both is more accurately. So what I decided to do was I'm still going to post it because it starts off like the description of the game, the, uh, description of my character and the setup of the story and stuff like that, like all that's fine. Uh, and even the first, you know, hour or so it, it, it's, it's good. And I wanted to be able to, because in cataclysm, dark days ahead or CDDA as people call it, uh, it's a persistent world or you can have a persistent world. Um, that means that that first character I created who I, uh, what I did was sort of went in and committed suicide basically. Uh, 
So that body exists now in this world, meaning the new character I created uh, can, at, uh, if they find the city that they're in, which I haven't been able to so far, uh, I can find that body and, you know, take all the stuff that it had on it, which it had some pretty good stuff. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, this new character, although it's the same one, it's the librarian, who's the name of the character, um, uh, just have sort of really reached a good point where uh, uh, he, he, he's starting to feel powerful in this world, this, this, uh, uh post-apocalyptic zombie-ish, uh, terrible monstrosities roaming the, the land. Uh, uh, you know, it, it's the librarian. So he's pretty chill. Doesn't let too much get to him. And he's just sort of looking for books. He's wandered from here to here. Uh, he's trying to have a good time. Uh, but you know, he also wants to explore because he, uh, has got an inquisitive mind. So, uh, you know, Maxon relaxing and back Paxson. back Paxson. It's like backpacking, but said in such a way as to make it rhyme. <sighs> it's nice to be nice to the nice. Fuck. That was...